Welcome back to another What's Up podcast. I am the assistant features editor, Jocelyn Murphy, and I'm very excited to be speaking with Julie Johnson today. Julie is in town with the touring, I can't believe I'm saying touring, uh, <laughs> company of Come From Away, which opened, um, no idea when you're listening to this, but it opened Tuesday, October 26th at the Walton Arts Center. Julie, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, and I'm with you. I'm so excited to hear those words. The touring company is back, or the local theaters are back. That is just, that is something that, you know, most of us have waited at least a year and a half for, and um, and now we're, we are back. There's, there are no better words. <laughs> I know. It's, um, man, it was a really special feeling. Uh, see, I saw the show last night, opening night, and I was talking to a friend after, and of course, we'll we'll get into the show in just a second, and it's it's got you know some pretty emotional moments. But um, at the end, as you're doing the bow, um, the lights are up and the audience is standing, and I I had like I was like okay, coming down off my crying, and then I <laughs> turned around and saw a an auditorium full of masked people, and I got very emotional once again. And my friend was saying she did the exact same thing, so it was it was a really moving experience last night. <laughs> Well, I think the the one of the it's it's like theater itself between the audience and the actors and the creative teams. We're all in it together. And what we have learned through all of this, I think of among many things, is that when we do all come together for, you know, about lack of a better term, the greater good, our health, our our ability to continue our lives and to do the things that we love. And and uh, we we as a, as the people on stage who, of course, can't wear a mask and do the show, we appreciate the kindness that is shown when people do come and protect themselves and others. So we we really do appreciate that. And uh, and it allows us to go ahead and give you a show. And believe me, you couldn't tell there was a mask out there by the sound of the audience cheering and and yelling and having the time of their lives sound strange about a, a musical that involves um, references to 9-11. But that's mm. exactly what happened to the passengers who had to land uh, in this little, these little small towns in Newfoundland for five days? They were taken care of after 9/11, and the the spirit and the and the humor and the joy that went along with the sadness, you know, brought everybody back to to real life. Yes, yeah. So uh, for those who may not know, the show is called "Come From Away." It's a pretty recent show c- coming to Fayetteville. Um, Obviously can't say straight from Broadway anymore since there was that break, but um, opened just a couple of years ago. And yes, it is a show centered around the events uh, on the day of and the few days after 9-11. But I heard someone describe it as it's not a 9-11 show or it's not a 9-11 musical. It's a 9-12 musical. Exactly. Exactly. Because the, all those airplanes were were uh, diverted. They couldn't come into U.S. airspace, and they were all the, they were all coming over from Europe. And that uh, airport up in Gander, Newfoundland, had been used for years. It was used in World War II, built, I believe, around that time, and then used for the international flights before planes were able to carry enough fuel. So people like the Beatles, you know, landed in Gander, Newfoundland mm. when they first came to the United States, and and all 
kinds of uh, celebrities and then just just uh, travelers from all over the world had landed at that airport in the past, but it hadn't been as busy in a few years. And that day, boy, did they get busy. They had every uh, every uh, almost everybody in those those two, four or five little small towns that surround it were hands on. They were they were. Uh, helping people, they were helping them get clothes because of when they got off the planes, they couldn't take their bags for fear that there might be, you know, bomb threats uh, and with hell, uh, bomb, bomb threats in the planes themselves. You know, they, mm-hmm. we didn't know. Nobody knew how all of that had come about. So they were having to make up the rules as they went along. And they did this wonderful job of turning the schools into uh, getting cots from their military, turning the schools into a sort of a hotel situation. They literally fed over 6,000, almost 7,000 people, fed them three meals a day, taking their dietary issues into into uh, uh, you know consideration and doing everything in the world, getting them donated clothes and pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, just things you would have never thought of. And it was every age from tiny infants to uh, to senior citizens that they were taking care of, and they did it for five days straight. Yes, and, and- it's. It's one of the best human stories you will ever, ever hear. Absolutely. And that's that's the other thing about Come From Away. It's it's a true story. These mm-hmm. uh, experiences that these characters are going through um, were kind of compiled in the days after and years after uh, – through interviews with people who uh, were on the plains, interviews with people there in Gander, Newfoundland, this tiny town uh, that when all of the planes landed, uh, almost doubled its population for those few days. So these are true stories. Uh, that's uh, that's where these narratives came from. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. True stories. And even some almost verbatim quotes from the interviews from some of the people because their vernacular, their their uh, their accent, their lilt has a little bit of an Irish lilt to it. But then it's it's their very own. It the way they speak and the and the the verbiage that they use is so uh, centric to them that you just couldn't you couldn't write it any better. You know, you couldn't make up anything any better than their turns of phrase and their humor and. And uh, uh, so the writers uh, were were very, very wise in, um, in doing all the interviews. And then they did an amazing job of compiling the stories because, you know, you could be there for seven or eight days straight trying to hear all of the stories. But we got it down to an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> and you st- you still feel like you've been on that journey with everyone. Yes, and uh, as you uh, you mentioned before we started recording, so the show does not have an intermission, and it was written that way on purpose. Yes, the, uh, the when they were first uh, first working on it, workshopping it, if you will, they tried an intermission, and um, the director Christopher Ashley, who I've known for years and had the pleasure to work with, and he's just brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, and he. He uh, announced at, a, at one of their creative meetings that um, they were just not going to do an intermission. He had decided the intermission really broke the spell, you know, if you will, the the, the theatrical spell of, of you being feeling like you were there. And he, and he pointed out uh, that none of the people of Gander nor the passengers got a break for five days. So it might be a good experience for the audience to feel that momentum and uh, – 
and we haven't had a complaint yet from anybody. In fact, most people say, I was so glad there wasn't an intermission because I wanted to hear every word and just keep keep this excitement that was happening inside me, you know. So I think that was a really good choice. Uh, they, you get to take the a similar ride in a lot less time <laughs> that, that the, was taken by the passengers and the people who helped them. Definitely. I, uh, I definitely experienced that last night, you know, uh, as we mentioned, and, and as you could guess, there, there are some tough moments, some emotional moments, some moments certainly for um, everyone who was alive when 9-11 happened will trigger some memories, um, you know, wh- wherever you were, uh, not necessarily, um, you know, Anyway, it'll it'll trigger some memories, um, but I was surprised at how much humor was in the show and the amount of levity in the show, and I did feel like it it was a it was an ebb and flow all the way through that like you said was not interrupted by an intermission. I was going through these tense moments, and then something a little lighter would happen, something that kind of showed the as you said at the beginning, the goodness of the human spirit, and it was really incredible. Well, I, of course, you know, I agree, and, and we get to do it every night, and I will tell you that every night feels fresh because because of the story we're telling. And, yes, you're right. We, we don't try, even uh, come close to trying to ignore the fact that that was one of the, the – worst tragedies that certainly in any of our lifetimes that we we have uh, experienced. But out of that tragedy came so much goodness, goodness and kindness. And it happened here in the States too. You know, there were, there were plenty of people who helped other people out. I had to be in New York just three or four days after, after, uh, well, when, after they had uh, cleared, you know, allowed you into the airspace. So that might've been about a week, whatever it was, I was up there to begin rehearsals of a show. And, um, the whole city was so different Mm. and people were of course, you know, rather quiet and pensive, but also you, you would be riding in an escalator at, uh, at Port Authority and you'd pass someone going, going down as you were going up and they might, they would look at you and go, are you okay? And, you know, yes, I am. Are you? Yes. And by that time you've, you've drifted away from each other, but there was just this, this sense of, we're all in this together and we're all going, going to get through this. And that same thing was going on with the Newfoundlanders up there under very extreme <laughs> conditions. Uh, and and they, that was part of what some of the people that were there, the plain people, as they called them, uh, said that, that helped them heal was the, the amount of joy and humor that the Newfoundlanders brought to them to remind them basically that life does go on. You know, we must mourn and we must uh, uh, sit with our thoughts and our feelings, but then life does go on. And um, it, it's just the most amazing piece to be a part of because I feel like there's there's just a whole lot of healing that happens from from being in the show and also from seeing the show. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I know leading up to the show, well, really, um, last year, in 2020, when uh, – the show was announced for the first time, or I guess maybe it was announced in 2019. I'm so lost on time. The first time it was announced, <laughs> uh, people, it, I was at 
you know, the announcement event and people, there was like a, a murmuring through the crowd and people were very excited when this show was announced. Then, of course, like a year and a half later, uh, you know, is when we actually finally get to see it. But so people, there's been some buzz in our area for this show from the moment the Walton Art Center announced it. Uh, so I think um, as as we've kind of been saying, you know, everyone has their own memories of that time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things of, you know, where you were when, but but also the days following and, and how we went through this together as a country. But what these people in Newfoundland experienced, it was such a unique microcosm of the 9-11 story, you know, like you said, the, the cots and where people are going to sleep. And, uh, you, you know, in America, you might not think about what happened to the animals that were on those planes that got diverted and how did they transport the people from the planes to where they were staying? It was so many things packed into, uh, what is it, 70 minutes? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Well, and a lot of, you know, there were many, many people for a long time that didn't even, that that didn't register with them that all those planes that had been in the air suddenly were were radioed and said, you're because, I mean, that that airport in New York and all the airports in the United States were shut down. And you think about the air traffic that was sitting up there, uh, you know, wor worrying about fuel, worrying about where they were going to land, et cetera. And, uh, and, this, and Gander Newfoundland was, was like, you know, just manna from heaven. You know, it was, uh, it was exactly what, uh, what needed to be at that time. And, and good gosh, they were, they were just absolutely wonderful. And in the show we talk about, uh, very quickly it's mentioned, somebody says, well, why are they coming here? Why don't they go to Toronto or, or Ottawa, bigger airports? They can take care of them. And the mayor of the town, because he had spoken with some people, and he said, well, if anything happens, we have a lot less people to lose. Mm. So they were under that, you know, kind of under that uh, little bit of a cloud there, too, thinking, oh, okay. But, you know, that didn't last for, for seconds with them. It was, well, that's not the important thing. The important thing is that we get these people off the planes and we make sure people have medications they need and we make sure they're fed and they're clothed. And we may even throw a couple of parties and, and grill some grill some uh, burgers for everybody and, you know, and, and make them eat uh, cod, <laughs> fish with cheese and the things some of their native native foods up there you know they were just it was like uh, the the world's biggest i don't know if you've ever uh, experienced this but the uh, covered dish suppers at a lot of churches you uh, know where there's far more food than than people can eat and that's kind of what they did for five straight days for almost seven thousand people mm, yeah and you know uh talking about all of the different stories involved um as with any kind of traumatic situation uh, I appreciated how the show uh, involved the different perspectives of how people processing that situation you know there's going to be people who are like I I can't keep watching the news I've got to find something light to to lift my heart back up you know I I need to mm -hmm. take my mind off of it and there's some people who are going to be like how can you be acting like nothing is happening and and everything in between so there was a lot of a lot of perspectives going on yes and that's that's the i think that's so important to to present is that there was no magic wand there was no you know well the next day it was all okay this 
you know, this wasn't the loss of your your favorite sports team, you know, that you kind of get upset about and then the next day you've moved on. This was something that we could not move on from qu- quickly and shouldn't have, and mm-hmm. we didn't. But we also remembered that you had to get up the next day and pick your head up off your pillow and and keep going for in all, it, 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 for so many reasons, but also to honor the people that we did lose because, you know, their their spirits and their sacrifice had to come to something, uh, eventually come to something good as opposed to being uh, the tragedy that it was, but, on, but only remaining that, you know. Mm-hmm. If we and the families, I know that the, I can't imagine what it's like to be one of those families that lost someone, but um, the, hopefully, and I believe it, this is true, this nation and the world has shown those families how much we appreciate the life that we continue to live because of the sacrifice of their family members. Absolutely. Yeah. Take me back a little and tell me about how you got connected with this show. Well, I have worked with uh, Christopher Ashley and these producers um, many times. My first uh, show with Chris as a director was a a show called Das Barbecue, which was Wagner's Ring Cycle set in Texas, and it was absolutely hysterical. We did it off-Broadway in uh, in the 90s, uh, around 1993, 94, somewhere around in there. And that was the first time I got to work with Chris, but I had worked with Sue Frost, one of our producers, at the Goodspeed Opera House prior to that. And then uh, I did the the musical Memphis, which we actually brought right here to this fabulous. I love this theater here. I love the intimacy. Even though there's still lots of people out there, it just feels intimate. Mm. So I was in Memphis the musical. Uh, had a great role in that. Again, working with Chris and done a couple of, uh, of you know, like new musicals that, that they, he, they were workshopping. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, had the rest of my career going on at the same time. So I've had a long, long, uh, uh, wonderful t- story and, and great, uh, experiences with, uh, Chris Ashley as a director. And when the, the, uh, tour came up, they called me, I was, uh, I was in Kansas city actually working, doing a show and I flew into New York for the auditions and then flew back to come back to my show. And in a couple of days, got that phone call that you always hope it is. <laughs> and that was <laughs> that they wanted me to, uh, to play Beulah. So I was so excited about that. And then, you know, we took off for what was, you know, was going to be a, a very long, uh, you know, probably two, three years, maybe, or more of a, of a tour. And it'll still be that long, but we had that little year and a half break right there yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> but that's okay. A lot of us went home, got a lot of things done. People repainted their houses or got new apartments. You know, we did. We tried to make the best of the time that, that we had, and we all stayed in touch with each other. Thank you, Zoom. Uh, <laughs> we were able to kind of feel like we uh, we were all still, still uh, together as a as a cohesive group so and we just picked a ride back up where we where we left off in rehearsals mm. and this show must be really fun um i guess again it, as fun as the subject matter can be there is a lot of levity but as an actor it must be very fun because beulah is the main character that the primary character that we see you as but you're playing a whole bunch of different people there's a whole bunch of different accents going on so that seemed really fun watching that breakdown on stage 
Yes, and that is that's kind of the an actor's dream to get to do something where you pop in and out of of different characters and uh, and the characters are so funny. You know, we're talking about how much humor there is in the show, and that's a lot of that is uh, we can attribute to the humor of the people of Newfoundland that they that they interviewed because many of these situations. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, Bob, the guy that's that's asked to go round up barbecue grills, that whole sequence is very funny, and that's exactly the way um, the the gentleman that they interviewed described it. You know, it, so we are we are actually uh, getting to just put forth a lot of their sense sense of humor and community and love for each other that's you know we're presenting that and i i think it it lands so well with the audience because everybody has that community where they you know or most most everybody does where they have um even in the in the sorrowful times they will get together and and find a way to to uh, uh to mourn, but also to remember fondly, and and to you know tell the tell the jokes that the that the person maybe that has has left this life tell the jokes they used to tell and remember them. You can remember people with 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 sadness, but you can also remember people with with a smile, because you know they they did good things while they were on this earth, and I think a great tribute to anyone, and certainly those people who died in, in, on 9/11. A great tribute to them is to re- remember them with, uh, you know, with joy too, with joy about the lives they got to lead. Mm. And for me, one of the most joyful parts of the show was uh, the music. the The songs were uh, invigorating and exciting, and sometimes emotional. But uh, the musicians were on stage, and they got a few moments uh, to kind of come out and be highlighted themselves. And then uh, there at the very end, after the final bow, we got to see the musicians again. And I loved that because my coworker Laura Hightower spoke with the writers of the show uh, ahead of the opening, and one of the things they specifically talked about was the musical influence and. How how they wanted Newfoundland music to be part of the DNA of the show and using some of those traditional folk sounds and folk music from that area. And I felt like you could definitely feel that. Absolutely. And it all has a very heavily, it is, it is very heavily influenced by the music of Ireland because so many of the people who came to settle in Newfoundland were were uh, Irish fishermen and uh, and their families. So so it does have that good Irish lilt and and if you're not careful there at the end you just might want to get up and dance a little bit of an Irish <laughs> jig. You know <laughs> that we really do. We all stand in the wings and listen to them because they're so phenomenal. Mm. And you look at it and you start to count heads and you think how could there have only been that that few of people make all that beautiful musical sound, you know, and uh, and I'm so glad that, that the uh, the director and the producers decided to give them that last part at the at the very end of the show because for the emotional roller coaster you will go on, uh, and and like and I will repeat, not in a bad way. It's a it's a really it's cathartic, mm-hmm. and it's also again reminds you of that life goes on, and when you when the audience is standing and they always are when that Irish band comes out and plays and you see the musicianship of each and every one of them, you walk out of there on on air. You know you just it's. Uh, it's just a, an amazing way to wrap our show up, but uh, send everybody out to continue 
their their lives and their living and uh you know it just it just feels great we <laughs> we are all each other's biggest fans <laughs> yes uh that's that's certainly how i the note i felt like i ended on um and you know when when the shows were announced um and then we had that break and then we are speaking to the Walton Art Center programmers and you know things are hopefully about to open back up when i was uh speaking with one of the programmers ahead of the Broadway series opening, he told me, you know, obviously this show has it, its own thing going on before we went through a pandemic, but this being the experience that we open the Broadway season with, uh, I couldn't think of a better experience to bring us out on the other side of this because, you know, as we've been saying, it's not a 9-11 show. He, he specifically noted it's a show not about the tragedy. It's about the overcoming. It's about coming through something together and just kind of the new significance that holds for everybody now. Absolutely. The human spirit. It is, it is, I think, basically impossible to bring down the human spirit when we, when we all, you know, just look out for each other, look, give each other a nod when you pass, you know, uh, or a hello, just, just something that, uh, that connects with people. And, uh, and that's, that's what, uh, that's what human beings have, have, uh, always done. You know, the, the tragedy is there and you, you live through it and you mourn through it and then you keep moving forward. And that's, that's what this show does. And I can tell you, I can speak for all of us, uh, we are so honored to be that first show back for, for Fayetteville and for the Walton Center. We're just so, so honored to be that first show back because it is, you're right, this is a message that is applicable to more things than, than just the events of 9-11. This is, uh, this is applicable to, to life. Mm, yes. And that just feels like the perfect bow way to wrap everything up. So uh, Come From Away is showing at the Walton Arts Center through October 31st. I misspoke earlier. It's a little longer. It's around an hour and a half. Again, uh, with no intermission, you can find tickets and more information uh, by calling the Walton Arts Center box office at 443-5600 or visiting their website, waltonartscenter.org. Uh, Julie, where can people keep up with you, see what you're doing? Well, I'm now I'm old school. I'm an old girl. <laughs> so I don't do I don't have, a, you know, a podcast or I don't do anything other than, you know, a little bit of Facebooking every now and then. But um, I, you know, I'm just I have to have my son help me do everything well, because okay. I'm, I'm not technologically um, very um, um Adept. Let's just put it that way. But I, uh, you, they can come. They can find out where come from away is. And if they can't come see us again, call relatives, call friends. You know, call a stranger and tell them to come see us because we would love to have as many people as we can to come and share in the the experience of this show because it's worth. It's well worth your hour and a half. Yes, it was a, a wonderful experience. I uh, think I said it at the very beginning, was so uh, just 
feel feel so much lighter and happy to be back in theater. But uh, for this show to be the first show back, I was at the Walton Arts Center the week uh, everything closed down. Uh, the Broadway show there was my last big thing before the pandemic hit, and so now being back, it it feels like everything's healing. You know, we're we're out of the woods. It feels like, and uh, so it's a beautiful show, and everyone should go and see it. Well, I agree. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Julie. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.